Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The year is 1980. Sydney's streets are filthy, running rampant with crime and corruption. Puberty blues is onto the cinemas. Ice House is blaring on the stereo. It's humid and dangerous and a young man has decided to join the police force to fight crime. That man, of course, is my dad. Loose Units, the podcast, was created to tell the cases that wouldn't fit into my first book, Loose Units. But Loose Units was a series of fantastical tales that I wrote based on the real crimes my dad solved on the force back in the early 80s. So this season, Dad and I are finally going to go back, back, back to the year 1980, and each week we'll be going chapter by chapter through Loose Units, the book, and Dad will tell us the story behind my version of events. It'll be thrilling, revelatory, and as always, very, very loose. Welcome to Loose Units Origins. Hello and welcome to Loose Units Origins, the weekly true crime podcast where a father and son sort of muddled through the things that the father did when he was a cop and the son wrote a book about it. Well, you, you all know the premise of the show. Across from me, but many hundreds of thousands of miles away, I assume... Geography is not my strong suit. Is John Verhoeven my dad? John, how are you doing this morning? Paul, you just called me John. That was so fucking weird. That weird, didn't it? I did oh, it by accident. Like, gee, ugh, that yuck. freaked me out. I, I, I actually don't like it. Do you have those friends? It's, you ever have yes, those friends I, who call I their do. dad sir? Mm, yeah, but I've actually got. Uh, I worked with a firefighter. Yeah. Uh, who was. I don't, anyway. I'm not going to tell you about him because he was a bit of a weirdo, but he used to call his mother and father by their first names. Okay. Which I found very unnerving. It's gross. Yeah. I, I just I just don't even... It's I weird. Think, I think that's the first time, Paul, since you were born, bearing in mind when you were born you would have not been capable of speech, mm. although I believe I was when I was born. A bit of a savant. But um, basically, Paul... That's the first time you've ever called me John. Uh, and, and I you hope know it's what? the last. It's the last. It's the last time. It freaked me out. Yeah, it's not great. But you know what is great? This chapter, because this week's chapter, oh, what a segue, is chapter 38 from Loose Units. It's called Adorable. And it involves the erstwhile Julian. I don't know what the word erstwhile means, but it felt appropriate. So this chapter is all about a call that you and Julian got to attend a domestic disturbance. Now... Um, when mum was in the police force, she was in Romeo Squad and Romeo Squad's job was, as my understanding, was to go and sort of help with the survivors of traumatic events like this. How often were, and this might be one of my wider problems with the police, is that sometimes they seem to be sort of a one size fits all kind of mm. tool for cases that 
would, you know, probably need a more delicate, specialized touch. I mean, because mm. surely not every police officer is the right person to send to every single crime, right? And, you know, it's it, it can't be a one-size-fits-all thing. No, like a special tool you can buy down at the hardware store, mm. which does everything. Yeah, well, it does. It, yes, well, it but really do th- doesn't. That's that's an anathema. It doesn't do. It does a. It does everything okay, but mm. actually, what you want is a single tool for each specific job that does it perfectly. Right, Paul, you, you've you've said that so eloquently, so well, thank succinctly. You. Thank you. With such, such, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. However, that's why. Get ready for this. That's why we have general duties, police. General being, of course, first responders. And first responders have got no idea what the shift is going to... What's going to happen on that shift? They have to, they have to adapt. Yeah. They adapt. Um, anyway, um, so, yeah, general duties police, Paul, they, you know, they get called to a, an incredible array of different jobs. Mm. And... Uh, but Christine used to work with a special squad, the Romeo squad, and their main job was to investigate the sexual assault or assaults of young women. Okay. Um, and that's what she used to do. Um, generally, I think it was just night shifts because that's when a lot of those crimes happened. And, uh, yeah, this particular evening, summer evening, uh, Julian, this is going to be a little bit difficult for me because... It's all about Julian, so I've got to really focus on not using his name. And you've got to focus on, I mean, I guess as the years go by after these stories, it's probably fairly easy to editorialize, but the fact is you were an observer on this, right? Yeah, I mean, there were, there were parts of this story where you weren't actually there. You found out later on what happened, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. But the, the actual call you got, it was a domestic disturbance. Now, is the assumption at this point that a, um, I mean, how much detail do they go into over dispatch? for you well this particular uh woman the victim or we should say the alleged victim at this stage shouldn't we because we don't really know the circumstances um so early on in the story but we get a call over the radio vkg Mm -hmm. um i'm the senior man julian's the driver we're just cruising around afternoon shift it was dark i do remember that because generally speaking and i i'm loath to generalize particularly when it comes to domestic disputes because let's face it they can happen anytime within a 24-hour cycle and are probably happening a lot more during lockdown which is just a whole plethora of new nightmarish problems for people that are sort of subjected to domestic violence that are sort of locked down right. i mean that's just so heavy but um in my experience in general duties back in the 80s most domestics occurred at night time and quite often uh, they can be alcohol related and this was a couple that came over the air as not 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 an urgent job, just to attend a certain premises in Kirribilli, mm-hmm. a block of units, pretty old block of units, probably built in about 1900, uh, no, no, no elevator, just stairs. And we parked, we walked um, basically sort of up this sort of a, like a pathway. We came to the entrance to this building, made our way, and we didn't. The directions were slightly, um, sort of not not great, not not that specific, and it was a little bit of a sort of a rabbit's warren inside this building, and there was no urgency. Um, there was no sort of 
you know, it was not, it didn't come over as a sort of a domestic in progress or an assault taking place. Uh, it was just sort of basically go attend the premises uh, and meet, meet up with this particular lady and, and things would sort of be explained from that point. So we were just the two of us, no need for backup, and walked into the building and we started walking up the stairs and mm-hmm. we came to this really, really long corridor and we're sort of looking for this apartment and then as we're walking down this corridor, I remember the carpet, I think it was either dark blue or black, it was very dark in colour and it looked as though as we got to this particular or near, close to this particular apartment, it looked as though it had actually been snowing. There was this white kind of chalk, um, white particles and upon closer examination we began to realise because as we made our way to this particular apartment we realised that what we were looking at was actually the door. So when you get to a place and you see the door has been powderized, presumably Mm. by a really, really solid smash or a kick, right? Mm, mm. And you've been called to a domestic disturbance. Mm. Do you not then go, holy shit, this is a lot more serious than we were led to believe? Look, it was very quiet and I guess that could indicate lots of things. Um, but generally in general duties police, you try not to sort of let your imagination run away with you. Like you're obviously interested in, you know, officer survival, mm. but you take things on face value. I guess it's a, bit, a little bit weird, Paul, looking back on it in that there weren't lots of people, you know, at least sticking their heads out of all other doors. Because That's a good point. I mean, does that not indicate that this kind of, that these this couple potentially had a lot of, uh, you know, loud disputes it can. And the people yeah. more maybe numbed to it, potentially? Yeah, yeah, potentially. Although I've... Look, I've been to a lot of uh, incidents where people have put holes in doors and walls. Yeah. It's not that uncommon, but... I mean, I did to, it when I was a kid, remember? You did, you did. But the mm. thing is, Paul, this particular door was completely destroyed. Um, it looked as though a mechanical large robot dog had actually eaten the door, then spat it out. Okay, well, I mean, that's many years before the Great Robot Dog Wars, so chronologically that doesn't check out. But mm. yes, I, I, I get the image. And there were just some hinges, but everything was very quiet and we sort of tentatively made our way into the sort of entrance. Yeah. And we were met by a woman who would have been perhaps early 20s and she was... She was not super upset, which indicated to us that, look, this is just so weird seeing the door completely sort of gone. But she was kind of not super upset, but she just wanted the consolation that the police were there and, you know, that we would sort of go and find this guy. And had she, had, Sorry, had she been hurt? Were there any visible no, markings no, on her? No, she hadn't been touched. No. All right. Was she shaken up at all? No, uh, not not really. She she certainly didn't seem to be traumatized, um, but she obviously wanted something done. And this is back in the day, Paul. When, and I'm almost ashamed to say this, but if the victim did not want to press charges in a domestic dis- sort of dispute, the police often would just not be able to do anything, which sounds so terrible in light of the, the terrible, terrible, you know, domestic violence um, 
situation and the laws that have changed considerably since. But And I could never understand that as a young police officer. You'd, you'd clearly see that something terrible had happened, um, like, for example, an assault. But if the, the, the victim said, look, I just, I just would like you to talk to the particular guy, mm-hmm. um, did we ever discuss that story about the very famous TV personality? We did, yes. Okay, yes. so there's an example where she just wanted us to go and talk to the guy and not do anything. But she'd clearly been, in that case, she'd been bashed. But can you believe in a time where the police, if the victim didn't want, because I guess there was fear. Now, of course, that's changed now. The the victim can't say, oh, look, I just don't want the person charged. I do totally understand in, in, a, in a rather weird way because there's such fear and terror and people make threats to say, if you call the police, I will come back and do something worse. So it's all very... But once you get the police involved in this day and age, it's it's sort of... It gains its own momentum, thank God. But this woman was very adamant that, um, yes, this guy had... Her partner had kicked the door in... Mm. Um, and then left the scene. So we were entrusted with tracking him down and we had portable radios at that stage. And while we were sort of talking to her, I mean, Julian paid a fair bit of attention to the girl. He was sort of doing most of the talking while I was sort of looking around and, you know, knocking on other doors to sort of get a sense of what had happened. And then all of a sudden a message came over the radio to say that one of the responding, like a car crew that had sort of come in as well had found this guy hiding in a hedge down at the front of the building next to the path that Julian and I had walked past. So in essence, we'd actually walked past the offender who was hiding in some bushes. We left the scene, you know, got got the girls. Sorry, go back, go, go back a bit for me. What do you mean? Hiding in some bushes. He'd, he'd decamped. He'd left the scene. Yep. He was, he was obviously incredibly agitated and nervous and thought he, he was sort of up shit creek without a paddle in terms of the police. Let, he, hang on. So, let, so let's just step into the mind of this person. So the person who's kicked the door down and had the massive row that you mm. are now looking for mm. has kicked the door down, had a yell, and then like timeline-wise, I'm trying to figure out, did he see you guys arrive? Oh, definitely, yeah. From where? Well, he would have been just... He, he wasn't hanging around. Right. Imagine if you did something like that and you're thinking, shit. And she would have obviously said to him, you know... I'm going to call the cops. Yeah, I'm going to call the police, get out of here. And he's left the building and then we... He, he would have sort of hung around, no doubt. You know, sort of thinking, God, what do I do? He may have well gone onto the street, but then he would have seen the police coming. We don't know who he is because we don't know what's happening. Yeah. We're just rocking up to a job. And obviously there are people on the street. He would have seen us and then he thought, shit, he's hidden. Ironically, we've walked straight past him. He's hidden in a, what, in a, in bush? a bush? Yeah, and in, there were lots of bushes at the front of the building. So there's a brick shit house of a guy who has, has the physical power to kick a door down, hiding mm. in a bush as mm. you and Julian <laughs> pass, yep. entering to go into the building yes. and to interview the woman who is... Sending you after him. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Right. And I, I, you, you don't, you don't know that. No, we know nothing time. at this stage. Okay. We certainly clo- don't. Hang on, hang on. How close was the bush to the to the path you walked on? 
Well, right next to the, uh, right there. Um, okay. Isn't it weird? That's crazy. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But, you know, plenty of people, that's why if it had been, well, I've got to be choose my words carefully, but let's imagine that it had been up like a super major, like she had been seriously injured or, or worse. Uh, like it had been a, a really big crime scene. Yeah. What we then would have done is we would have called Polair and the dog squad. At now, which point the, he now, if you'd done that, presumably he wouldn't have had anywhere to go, right? Well, he, he would still have would have stayed there, right? And that happens. And it, I have been involved in numerous incidents where people have actually. Oh God! It just reminds me of a story, Paul, that I've never ever told you, and that is that. <gasps> okay, go go. No, no, that we went to this. Um, major major incident it was a i can't quite recall what it was but it was big time there were police there were helicopters there were it it was a big production and we had searched oh god this is a classic you know how you're always saying to me dad you must have and i'm stories and i'm continually saying to you because i really i i spend a lot of my waking hours trust me thinking in fact, last night I was thinking about some kind of, do I have any more stories in the vault? And, and generally the answer to that is not that I'm aware of. But then I've just realized is that there is a, a, it's not a major story, but it's pretty exciting. And okay. it's to do with, we, at this big job, we actually checked every single yard 
in an entire block, which is probably maybe maybe 60 or 70 houses, we searched every single house in this major event one night. I, I, I just don't recall. We, we'd sort of arrived and we were just part of a contingent of, of, of a lot of police. It could have been a sexual assault. It could have been... It was a very, very big, big event. And I don't think it was in our area. So the, the details are very, very sketchy. But the point of the story mm-hmm. is that we had searched every single house except, believe it or not, the house that we'd started the search at. And a group of police, including myself, were standing on the footpath and behind us was a low fence, uh, like a brick wall. And we watched the police dog squad rock up. And so imagine if you've searched 80 or say, let's say 79 properties, and you're standing outside the 80th. Yep. But you think that you've also searched that premises. And we're all standing there thinking to ourselves, wow, we've just searched every single premises. But what had happened was we'd made a mistake. We'd, it's like a circle. You start and you come all the way back, but you actually forget to sort of check the one you're actually, the first one. Mm. So we're all standing there. The police dog squad rock up. They get this almighty German shepherd out of the back of this vehicle and the dog is literally tearing at the lead and the handler lets the dog go. And we're all standing there and the dog literally flies over, like some super dog flies over the wall right where we're standing And all of a sudden, this guy jumps up screaming, this this guy that we'd been looking for for about an hour. He'd been hiding, lying. I'm not kidding. I'm trying to think about it. Like, he was within inches of where we were. And we didn't realize it because we thought we'd checked that house. And if, if, if he had been able to stay there without... The, the the dog squad rocking up at the end of this huge huge production all the police would have gone and he would have not been caught he's could have got up and walked away he would have just got up mounted this low fence and just strolled down the street and no one would have been the wiser watching this german shepherd literally fly over the wall and then and these german shepherds trust me mate they don't fuck around they are it's they have one job and they, they latch on, and it latched onto this guy's, uh, his arm. And then we heard this screaming, and the guy, we're just, we just turned our heads around, and there was this bloody guy standing there with a German shepherd attached to his arm, and we just arrested him. Isn't that incredible? We're just, that's crazy. It's incredible. So that's an example of what can happen. But that didn't happen that night because it wasn't that type of job. Well, I remember hearing a, you bought me a a book when I was a kid about spy stories, like real spy stories. And there was one about a spy who was working in, he was was in the Soviet Union, I think. And he was, he'd been kind of rumbled and his cover had been blown and he was running down an alleyway and there was like a workman's ladder with a toolbox at the bottom, just Mm. lying unattended. So he just Mm. ran up the ladder and just kind of stood there. Brilliant. 
just slightly out of eyeshot because apparently the human brain just doesn't... You know when you... Dad, I'm sure you've had this before. I'm sure mum accuses you of this all the time. And I'm sure listeners have, have been accused of this, the male ones anyway. When I open the fridge and I look for something and it's not there, Tegan says, "Are you? did you look or did you have a boy look? And a boy look is where you just... Your brain has a very narrow series of parameters upon which it looks, right? Mm. It goes, all right, it's probably going to be here. It does mm. the minimum amount of work possible. Mm. You know, it goes, look... It never thinks to look up or down or behind things because it goes, well, I wouldn't have put it there and besides, mm. I couldn't be bothered. Mm. So, I think what's interesting about these these uh, situations where the person's just there, right, behind a bush or mm. whatever, is that you've had a boy look. You've gone, well, they're not going to hide. They're not going like, to... What are the odds of them being there? Do you think that's true? Possibly. And also, we, we actually looked pretty bloody... It, it was not a good look for us. Right. Okay. Because we we had supposedly done a thorough job, mm. which reminds me, whenever I lose something, um, quite often Christine, which I find very annoying, but we have a bit of a laugh. But I often say to Christine, "Oh, do you know where such and such? Like if I've lost, can't find the car keys or something." Mm-hmm. And Christine's response is, "It's where you left it," which I find incredibly annoying because obviously it's where I left it. But that doesn't help. No. At all. No, no anyway. it, does, it doesn't. But anyway, no. okay, so, so this guy hiding behind bushes. Mm. What, now, at, how do you, at what point do you find out that he was there the whole time? Well, another police car rocked up and that they were kind of probably, look, they had a bit more information and they knew that we were looking for a particular male. We described him. We'd put a bit of a, um, you know, description over the, VKG to keep an eye out for this particular guy. He was obviously wanted in relation to this particular. Now, bearing in mind, it's not an assault. Although you could you could argue that if you believe an assault is or a person is capable of carrying out or injuring or damaging or you know that technically is is an assault. But but what he had done is he he destroyed a door that was not his door, might I add. Was the and, woman shaken up? Was she scared by this guy? Um. Kind of slightly, but I, as I said, I wasn't paying a lot of attention. Uh, Julian was taking care of her, okay? Okay. Which, which is fairly important, isn't it, Paul, in relation to the story? Yes. As it progresses. So, okay. Now, I guess this kind of brings in some moral sort of angles, well, especially is, in, in regards to power dynamics and correct, how they're correct. exercised. Correct, correct. And it's, yeah. like the, you know, it's like the teacher um, student thing. thing. Yeah. Um, well, it's worse because one of you has a, one of these people in the power dynamic has a gun. You've got the gender thing, mm. you've got the uniform thing, you've got the. Yeah. 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 And there's also that, that sense of trust where people really, really do trust police. Um, and so they should. But. You know, there are bent police out there, aren't there? there oh, was yeah. That, there was that police officer in um, in England that has just uh, pleaded guilty to that horrendous crime, and he's a serving police officer. Did you hear about that? No. Okay. So, anyway, it's pretty heavy. So, there are police. Uh, in fact, one of the greatest mass murderers in America was a police officer. Like, really famous. I think he murdered, mm, shit, it, was a, it could have been as many as 60 people. And he, whilst he was on duty, I mean, think about if you're going to be a criminal, and you're and you're a, say, for example, a police officer, you've basically got carte blanche to just, you know, 
it's it's incredible because you have in, incredible access you have and there are people like one of the worst crimes i think is impersonating a police officer and you hear about people generally women at night time cruising along they're going home they might be going out and and a, and a police officer supposedly they get pulled over by someone that's pretending to be a police officer yeah I mean, look, just, in, 20, uh, in 2021 there are so many reasons that people are you know like it's, I understand why people. Some people are scared of the police. Like I, I get it. It's a. It's they're in a position of power, but I mean, this is back in the eighties. There's. It seems like there's a lot less accountability. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. No. It was just know. look. Well, you could have. You could chase cars. You could have high speed pursuits. That that those days are pretty well gone now for lots of reasons. It's all very very tightly controlled. But it was a bit loose. Hence the title of your book. Mm-hmm. Back in the eighties, it was a completely different time but and it's still but the julian what julian does is by any metric pushing well past what is okay but i mean could you tell just walk us walk us through what, what julian did and what happened well um we uh went back to the station so yep. it was 3 p.m till 11 p.m uh hot summer's night so probably february it's kind of Harborside, Kirribilli, you know, it's a midweek. It's not a, it's definitely not a Friday, Saturday night situation. It's, you know, it's midweek. It's quiet, relatively mm-hmm. speaking. And Julian and I said our goodbyes. So I was the senior man. So I, uh, might I add, Paul, that the particular guy was taken into custody. Yes. And he was charged. Mm-hmm. He was. Um, slightly under the influence of alcohol, uh-huh. the station sergeant on that shift decided, as police used to do, that he would probably be better off spending the night in the cell. So all that, all that. So he's charged, he's put in the cell, knowing that the next morning he will be free to go home, and he will appear in court a few weeks later charged with malicious injury to the door. And I leave, I go home. Now, if you went home, because we used to be able to go home in your police uniform. So regularly, I'd just, at the end of the shift, you know, handcuffs, gun, all the gear, you just, you'd have it with you. And you'd, particularly if you use public transport, you just have your entire uniform. And the uniform, part of the uniform is gun and handcuffs. And you just make your way home on a bus or a train or, or drive. And uh, unbeknownst to me, Julian went back to the apartment where the, the domestic dispute had been and he ended up staying the night with the girl and you know, no doubt shagged themselves rotten. And so Julian obviously got all his gear off including gun handcuffs hat shirt pants boots everything but what he was not planning on was that the next morning probably around about let's say 6 30 the the guy that had been in the cell overnight who was the partner of the the girl he walked home 
Now, the walk from North Sydney Police Station to where he lived in Kirribilli would have taken him probably 20 minutes, maybe 25 minutes. So he has gone back to the apartment. He's gone upstairs. He didn't need to knock on the door because there was no door, which is a bit weird. Yep. And then he walks in. And what, what does he see? He sees an off-duty police officer with his girlfriend? Correct. Okay. But how do you know that he was an off-duty police officer? Well, because he put his gun and uniform to one side in order to engage in the act of coitus? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. He'd left all his uniform. So it's the entire police uniform. So let's go through it. It's, It's Well, it's summer, so we didn't have a tie. Cap, shirt. Yep. Now you have a belt, really, really cool belt. And attached to that belt would be speed loader, which is an extra six bullets. Your Smith and Wesson, mm-hmm. thirty-eight special. Handcuffs, possibly a torch, and definitely a torch ring. Maybe a baton, baton ring. So you got a fair bit of gear. Your accoutrement, as they called. Mm. Pants, boots. Socks, undies. Police don't issue underpants, by the way. In fact, I did work with a police officer that he only wore the uniform provided. He never, ever wore underpants. And that's called freeballing. You may or may not know that. Going commando, yes. Yeah. So I've actually... And I worked with a few fireys as well. Same thing. They said, if if the fire brigade don't give us underpants, I'm not wearing them. Right. Which is kind that's- of odd, but interesting. Yeah, and also, also, you know, then there's two hoses at loose. Okay, so mm. the guy walks in and uh, Julian's appointments are off to one side. Mm. Yes? And Julian was asleep. Yep. Um, so, the guy who... I'm just going to say this, so just don't don't pillory, pillory me for saying this, but and I, I don't want to upset people, but I'm gonna, just going to put it out there. But if I can just say that the guy actually was not a, a crazy psycho criminal, okay? He wasn't this demented, crazy guy who, thank God, because some people in that situation may well have... Well, can you imagine? I mean, the temptation, if you're a psychopath, would have been to have just taken the gun and shot Julian or something like that. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm hypothesizing. Yeah. But what this guy did, which I think so fantastic... And so, just, I don't know why he did what, it, what I'm about to tell you what he did, but it was just seemed to be just the right thing to do. And he simply picked all the gear up. I imagine in one foul swoop, all the gear. And he's gone over to this window. And bearing in mind there, they're some height off the ground. And he's hoiked the entire uniform, including gun, handcuffs, etc. Wow. Out the window. Amazing. Into the same garden that he'd been hiding the night before. And then, of course, Julian... I mean, I I was not there, so I don't fully know the order of operation, but at some stage, Julian was... uh, He he woke up um, in horror, realised that his uniform was gone... And he had to get down into the garden in the nude. 
So he's running around. Can you imagine being an occupant of that building, seeing a naked male just running around, holding his block and tackle, I imagine? Or maybe he didn't care. And running down and then fossicking in the uh, in this garden, trying to extricate and retrieve his entire uniform. I mean, there's a fair bit of stuff. Socks. And when you sort of add it all up and then getting dressed, and as the sun's up, there were probably people going to work. The whole thing would have looked incredibly bizarre. Mm-hmm. And then Julian would have had to have made his way to his car and then gone home, presumably. So that's a... Uh... Now, I didn't hear about that story. Um, Julian never told me the story. So uh, I was told by other other people. i got a question. What was to stop Julian from going back upstairs and, you know, having it out with the guy who'd thrown his uniform outside? Mm, that would be most imprudent. But I, th- I think so. So, so, okay. Can you explain why he didn't? Well, was it, was it a kind of all right? Fair play. Was was that the kind of vibe? Yeah, I imagine or? so. I don't really know because we never ever discussed it. But you know, if that had been me, I would have been so shit scared about losing my job right, that I right. would have hot tailed it out of there and prayed to dear Jesus that this guy never ever ever made a formal complaint. Gotcha. If that if that happened today, you can bet your bottom dollar it'd be on YouTube and every every feed in the world, and it'd be just and you'd be you'd be finished on many mm. levels. Uh, and and just but look, things like that um, definitely happen, um, and I I put it to the listeners that they still happen. Everything still ha- still happens because it's the human element. Whenever you introduce humans into a into an equation, you know things happen. Yeah, and that's why when Christine and I sort of first, <clears throat> you know, developed in that relationship situation, we the the very very first thing we decided to do was not work together because it's just fraught. Yeah, with with on so many levels, it it just puts you at risk, your partner at risk, other police at risk, the victims, the. It's not. It's not cool. <clears throat> and uh, you know, when I went to Beacon Hill High School, uh, a girl in my class, she ended up marrying science teacher. Whoa. Yeah. And um, ew. And to my knowledge, um, you know, they're still happily married. Yeah. So, you know. Lucky. Yeah. And Lucky. and and I'll tell you what. Let all the listeners that listen to this wonderful podcast. I'll bet you they've all got lots and lots of stories about I mean I I know personally a priest that married a nun and uh and they've got kids so it look matters of the heart Paul they they they're big big things and very hard to uh to sort of fight against and, that's crazy mm. that's that's so that's such a crazy story look now I know that the version of this case in the book is very dramatized and very comedic but yeah we just wanted to kind of really focus on the fact that you know we 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 acknowledge that um, that Julian's behaviour was problematic, obviously. Uh, mm. But, you know, he's an interesting guy. And there's a few more stories left in this book before we wrap up Loose Unit's uh, origins. And I think they will kind of continue to illustrate a little more about Julian. And Julian is also featured a little bit, I think, in Electric Blue, but you'd need to check it out to, you know, find that out. Mm. Also, everyone, we will have some news on our live show for which is only a handful of tickets left. Uh, state borders have been closed, but 
Keep your ears glued to this feed. All right, well, look, uh, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Loose Units Origins. We will see you later this week for Loose Ends. Have a good one, everyone, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Cheerio. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.